Ladies and gentlemen, you are part of a very special experience right now. We have like a 12-pounder flopping around in the boat right now. Oh, it's never happened to us before. Just the wrong kind of 12-pounder. 12 12-pounders 12 named Natalie. <laughs> She's adorable. She's a lot less slimy than uh, the 12-pounder. I was she doesn't smell any better, though. She just does not smell any better. Uh, Dan was so gracious enough to line the bottom of his boat with blankies. Yeah. Realize that most adults would call them blankets, but... Dad's calling blankies. Uh, this is Walleye Talk. I'm Dan Ryan. I'm Will Newer. We're getting started with our traditional um, season. Going to get going again. It is mid-April, and we're in the boat in my garage getting started with the weekly episodes of Walleye Talk. Pretty exciting. Yeah, I think so. We, uh, we actually have done this specific episode. Uh, this will be the third time. Yeah. Um, we had some hiccups. Lots but of hiccups. This time will be for sure the best one. Sound the best, best content. Yeah. We're not super tired, wind burnt. We're just here to perfect it. Yeah. This week, uh, we're going to do a spring review. Lots happened. You know, usually these episodes came out sort of incrementally as we approached open water, and that's not the case. We're getting started with open water right now. Um, we'll talk about our springs. We did some river fishing. Um, Talk about the end of ice fishing, and we're gonna do a open water update. What to do with this long preseason we're gonna have? Cause it's uh, it's here. Yeah, you and I have talked about how it doesn't actually feel that great. Like it feels like uh, I'm a little more stressed than usual. For sure, cause it's like you you've got so much time now before opener is here, and I feel like I'm missing opportunities already. Right, we're gonna have seven months of open water this year. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not for a lot of people, because yeah. it just doesn't freak. But for us, for up here, it is wild, pretty wild. So. Yeah. We'll uh, talk about. Oh, did you already mention we'll do an opener prediction? No. All right. Yeah. For you. Of course, we'll talk about opener, which is still uh, a month away. A month away. But it's what what we're all thinking about. I imagine it's what you're thinking about too. So do that, and then we'll get out of here. For that, let's hear from Portadoc. Having fun in the sun on the lake all day long. Porta-Doc.com. Porta-Doc.com. Find your local Porta-Doc dealer today. Porta-Doc.com. It's uh, 43 degrees right now. It's spitting rain. And all I want to... I asked you this question earlier. Where would you be on a day like today? Mm-hmm. And you gave me one of the best answers ever. It was nice and big. I'll say it to everybody. I'll be some. I would be somewhere around Pelican Island. And it you would, gave me May eighteenth as a day. Yeah, it would be just too perfect. Within eight miles of Pelican Island. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. This is one of the fish. Like these are the days that we wait for. Mm-hmm. We spend a lot of time fishing weather we don't really love. For the days that we do. I know, and it feels like if you're a walleye fisherman, you should be thankful that you get to feel that way about this weather. Because if you're in, if you're not walleye fishing, there's not a whole lot to, you know, duck hunters, I guess, would like this right. weather. But Maybe um, a bowler. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's a great, you, I get excited about mornings like this when it's going to be pretty crummy. 
um, I'm, you know, I, I like this weather when you've got a moderate wind. You get you get spit and rain, and then you get yep. a twenty mile an hour wind. Not so much. But right, makes for a super long boat ride. Yeah, yeah. Those little rain raindrops turn into pellets. Yeah, <laughs> they'll leave indents on your cheeks. <laughs> you were talking about though how you think this might dirty the water up, which could have been a a pretty big concern with uh, little runoff. Right, little um, runoff, not a whole lot of snow. Um, but yeah, we've had a couple inches of rain this week. Next week looks pretty crummy again. Right. So there could be some plus sides. Good to at least view it that way, you know? Right. Because it'll wear on you. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like we're in a Dr. Seuss book. <laughs> uh, this, you know, I've been, the first time I was in a boat was almost a month ago. So um, we got a little bit of catching up to do. Um, yeah, it's been a while, Dan. It has been a while. Uh, where did you go, Dan? I fished Pool 4 mid-March uh, with a couple friends of mine, um, Dave Black. What did you have for lunch? Well, we, had, we had elk wieners. Um, and crazy enough, the guy had them shoved inside of a Yeti ready, Yeti cooler. Not a cooler. Thermos. A Yeti thermos. And he boiled them that morning. They were nice and hot. It blew my mind. Will's heard this story four times, though, and he's over it. It blew my mind. We had a hot bratwurst on a boat at around noon. So on a cool day, on a cool day, it was very much appreciated. Genius. Well, we fished pool four, and because they also experienced the same stuff we did, there was tons of open water down there. You know, in years past, you're pretty limited to below the dam, mm-hmm. and we were all the way down near the lake by Pepin. By Pepin, yep, just upriver from Pepin, and um, had a good tip that fish were cooperative down there, mostly saugers, and it was just super simple, fun walleye fishing. Um, we started out pulling stacker rigs, which was new for me, which is sort of like a three-way rig, except you've got a couple stick baits. You pull the back treble off of the, the leading stick bait, and then a leader from that one to your following um, stick bait. So you essentially have two stacked stick baits. And that's just a, a way to search faster? Is that what the you idea is? you got a couple is? baits down there, and uh, I d- didn't really hear like why we had chosen that, except that we had gotten a tip that they'd been working pretty well mm-hmm. um and they did they we had a line in the water for 30 seconds before we caught first fish um i was quizzing the guy about it and um his name's scott morger the captain of that boat and um that the middle bait or the lead bait kept getting hit which i thought was odd because watching it in the water that lead bait didn't move very much at all you know it was essentially anchored on both ends mm-hmm. so it was pulling straight through the water pretty much but he thought maybe you know the lack of wiggle was causing that one to go and he said it was pretty essential that you have you have to have current you can't really do it in slack water so we were pulling pulling up river on the edges of a hole um in i don't know 18 to 20 feet of water catching nice pre-spawn saugers um we eventually did switch to pulling dubuque rigs i was pulling a dubuque rig and kept getting hit on my dropper jig on the big one? On the big one. Like, only, only catching fish on that dropper rig. What um, was different about the drop? I mean, why would that... We're using a different plastic on the bottom, or...? I was, but then I switched and matched the plastic with that top top one, and that didn't matter. Dropper really? was only getting bit. So then at the end of the day, I finished with just two jigging, you know, two jigging plastic setups. and mm-hmm. Got to do that thing where I pretend like I know what I'm doing when I have two rods in my hand. <laughs> Which I... It, yeah. It's a good, it's a fun feeling. Yeah. Super, <laughs> super simple though. Like, we don't get to do that very often. No, no. Yeah. 
real simple presentation, and I think the biggest fish was probably like a 22-inch sauger, which is... That's a jumbo. Yeah. And we got, I bet we got five or six over 20. Oh, yeah. No, no big walleyes. Just a good day on the lake, though. Felt real good. And down by Pepin, generally, that's a lot more quiet. Yeah. Because yep. there's so much congestion up by the dam yeah. a lot of times, especially you get a nicer day. What's interesting about the... Because we had, you know, the, the layout for the day was probably going to be to run to the dam eventually and try to catch a big one up there. Because mm-hmm. especially early on, it sounds like your chances of catching a big walleye are still going to be by the dam. Um, I think that changes as spring progresses, but um, that's the best concentration of big fish that early on. But we launched below, we launched at Colville Park, which is below Red Wing, and Red Wing has a huge, a real long no-wake zone. So we were we were going to have to deal with probably like 45 minutes of travel just to get from Pepin to the, yep. the dam because of that long no-wake zone. And it was... We were just catching fish, having a good time. So, Wild. especially if they're—I mean, sogers. I think of sogers. I think of Lake of the Woods, mm-hmm. and they're the big ones are fifteen inches up there. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you're into some beefy ones. Yeah, and Pool Four, I guess, is pretty well known for that having big sogers. Um, great time, great way to to start the season. Right. Oh yeah, and you got to do it early. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then I fished. Uh, I did some shore fishing down by Winona happened to have a friend who has a place right on the river and it's right in right up river from a wing dam so i was like on his beach pitching in front of a wing dam <laughs> pretty ideal and i've been down there like four times never knew about this place so excellent placement yes now does that part of the river river stay open year round too Mm-mm. i mean like below the dam it does but in years past when i've been down there it hasn't been fishable. it's frozen it's frozen yeah Mm-hmm. That's what's real unique about Red Wing is is that you can get on that river just about every day of the year with a boat. It's not true of of much of the river really. Right. So interesting. That was my first open water experience. Sounds like fun. A lot of fun. Very successful. Mm-hmm. Well, you and I went up last a week ago yesterday up to Rainy River. Yep. We had heard, well, you were up there previously, mm-hmm. and you'd done pretty well, and the water was super clean and super low. Yeah. Um, excellent fishing conditions. The most energy, of all the podcasts we've tried to record for this particular episode, the most energy we had was the first try, because we were driving to the Rainy River. With this optimism right. of clean, clean water, water, warming water, the yep. first warm day in four days. Yep. It was going to be really comfortable up there. And we were going to pound on them yeah. up river. Yes. So we ended up launching on a frontier, and the first thing we noticed is uh, it wasn't 36 inches of visibility. <laughs> no. It was less than 6 inches of visibility. Yeah. And we drove around. You know, we had a couple of good areas that we've caught fish in the past, and we were seeing fish, but, you know, either it was too cold or it was too d- dirty, no matter what way you put it, they weren't biting. Mm-mm. So we had heard that the water was a lot clearer closer to the lake because it was open from, it was open all the way to the gap. The gap was open and the part of the lake was open. Right. So we decided after about an hour, hour and a half of not catching anything. Mm-hmm. And marking a, a lot of fish. Right. And pretty good concentrations of fish. Like we... We could say for certain our bait was passing within striking distance of, of lots Many of fish. Yep. So we ended up loading up the boat, 
And it was the same plan as a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we met a lot of the same people who loaded up this, you know, similar times as us. We met them over at Wheeler's Landing. Um, and we got down there, and the water was substantially clear. Yeah. It was, you know, instead of being five inches, it was 15 inches. Right. Which, you know, it still was not very great clarity, but it was plenty. Plenty yeah. to catch fish. I'd say for an average in the spring, that's still pretty good. Oh, yeah. I mean... And certainly better than we were. You know, I wonder how many of the real, the guys who live up there and fish the river, or even the Bemidji guys who fish it regularly, Mm -hmm. um, they maybe would have been a little bit more informed, like they would have heard from somebody. But I I bet the real experienced dudes get, they get their boat back down there and they take a look and they say, nope. We're (laughs) going to go find a work project today. Yeah, or or move like like we did. We could have just saved ourselves some time but when you're right there ready to like you're oh, minutes had, away from that was fishing. the plan we had to stick to the plan yeah oh you know maybe it's not that bad right it turns out it was that it bad it was real bad <laughs> so we we went out of wheelers and we went uh up or down river closer to the lake and it was fairly congested but it wasn't necessarily bumper boats no um the worst part i mean it wasn't a problem at all but the worst problem is is you know sturgeon fishermen you just got to bob and weave those guys, yeah. which is no big deal. Right. But we ended up uh, we ended up pulling plastics um, with like a 3-8 ounce jig. And uh, our first pull, we found a gap where there was nobody mm-hmm. on the edge of a hole, and there was a bunch of fish there. And we started pulling, and that first line, uh, I ended up getting three. Mm-hmm. The first one was like a 16, second one was like a 17. And uh, the third one, uh, I didn't think it was very big right away. And then I thought it, maybe I snagged a sturgeon. Uh, but then it turned out it was just like a 28-inch walleye. Just a giant <laughs> Lake of the Woods walleye. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I, it came up, and, you know, you can't see it until they get up to the surface. I'm like, dude, I think I snagged a sturgeon. And then I see it, and I'm like, dude, it's a giant walleye. <laughs> get over here. And you were hot on it. You got the, grabbed the net and flipped it right in and. We both knew it wasn't 30, which was the whole reason we were there, was yeah. to catch a 30. Right. And we both knew it wasn't, but it was a really fun fish to catch. Really beautiful fish. And given our, like, morning, what had, all the things that had transpired, like, the 16 inch you caught right away was like, well, this is relieving. This like, is so much better than <laughs> right. what we were dealing right. with before. And then to be 15 minutes into fishing that spot and have a big one, like, we're feeling pretty, pretty good about the, right. the day's outlook. And to that point, we had seen, like, you know, we'd only been there for 10, 15 minutes. We'd only seen one or two fish caught. Yeah. So I think we'd seen more sturgeon caught on, <laughs> yes. than walleyes. Yeah. Because yeah. we pulled up and there was a guy pulling a 50 plus in. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think the sturgeon guys did pretty good that day. I would imagine. And then uh, and then we, uh, we ended up doing the similar, you know, we ended up pulling the entire time. And we caught a substantial amount more than any other boat that we had seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would, in that stretch of the river. In that stretch of the yeah. river. And I would give that to, because we were so mobile, because we continued to pull at, you know, half mile an hour. Yeah. Instead of just anchoring or going very slow. Right. Yeah, um, we didn't mess at all with slipping the drift or anything. I think part of that is there was every pull, well, maybe not every pull, the majority of the pulls gave us enough um, positive feedback that we were not going to... Not going to change plans. And then I think the other thing, at least w- with my understanding of rivers, especially the spring push that we're dealing with, is that the 
yes, you can find concentrations of big ones, but like there's a bit of a luck of the draw deal. For sure. And like there were very clearly walleyes that were moving through that portion of the river, very clearly big ones moving through that portion of the river. And it did seem like the right call to, to just grind and see if we could get real lucky. Mm-hmm. And enjoy catching fish the whole time. Like, we right. never went more than 15 minutes without catching a fish. We never had a pull where we never caught one. Right. So, yeah. uh, I was using a Kitech Easy Shiner most of the time. And I didn't catch as many as you did. Yeah. But, you started uh, out with a pretty good lead on me. Though. I did. Yeah. For sure. Made me, un- made me uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I should have never gave you the green one. <laughs> I should have I let you suffer with what was in your box. I had the two green plastics and they were... Those were the good ones. Green was good. For sure. But it was a lot of fun. A lot of bites. Yeah. Yeah, you think about, I was just counting them up. I've been on the ri- on a river three times now, and lots of lots of hook sets. Like, it's good to get that, that box checked early on, mm-hmm. you know, instead of going into opening day like, oh, God, I hope I remember how to catch these things. And how those fish bit, too. There was zero mistake, period, Yeah. on if it was a bite or not. Right. When, like, I ran into a couple of fish, and you're like, oh, for sure I snagged something for a little while. Yeah. But the ones that ate it, absolutely ate it. Yeah. And I think with those plastics, it's pretty evident by where, when you get them in the boat, how deep that thing is. Like, <laughs> you're not going to miss a whole lot of fish worth catching um, when they're in that mood and they want to eat those plastics. We missed a fair amount of fish, but I'm certain they're, they're shorts. You Short know? fish. Yep. Hitting it with all their might. Right. Yeah, those are the ones. I actually got, like, pretty excited about a few of the shorts, you know? Because like, <laughs> they just pounded it? Yeah. Uh, so that was, that was the, the Spring River trips. I think I'm done up there. I'm, I, I wish I wasn't. I don't, I do too. I, I think I wish I was up there yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday sounded <laughs> It was a good day to be up there. Uh, guy uh, out of Bemidji, he ended up catching six over 30 up there. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And, you know, and he, he said countless between 10 and 26, or between 20 and 26 or something like yeah. that. Lots of, lots of good bites. I would probably consider that hitting the, hitting the run perfectly. Yeah. Yep. Pretty nuts. It's hard for, for me because I get so antsy early on. Like, I want to be out as early as possible, and then it's just not realistic with life to do it, you know, a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe maybe it would make sense to hold off if you can and try to go a little later on. Yeah. Because the traffic, these days, the traffic is bad from the beginning. You know, right. like, there's going to be, and I would say it's it wasn't terrible for... No, we, we chose Thursdays to go, or you know, a Thursday to go. So we weren't dealing with the weekend stuff, but but where the the fish are still spread out now, you can go to any stretch of the river now that it's cleaned up and and easily catch fish. Yeah, sorry, folks. Um, yeah, and I think part of it's the nature of how you're fishing the river. Like most guys are either pulling or slipping the drift. It's not like you're. Everybody just seems to go along and get along pretty well up there. Yeah. It would maybe be different if you uh if you did find some real shallow fish to pitch on, but then I I don't think you're going to be competing with anybody to do that, you know. Right. Like that'll be your little secret if you if you are able to find a bite like that. Um at least that's the way I imagined. I've never had a real good shallow water pitching bite up there. Oh, everything's related to the deeper water. Yeah. In some way or form, you know, mm-hmm. they might be on the edges, but it's mostly 
And then as far as the end of the ice fishing season, this is the first year I've ever gone. Like, I ended my ice fishing season by driving to the access, looking out on a lake that I could not get on, and then saying, okay, ice fishing's over. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted one more day of perch fishing, and there was just six feet of water on the on the edge. And I wasn't, I didn't bring any equipment to deal with that, and it's good enough for me. Good enough. T- time to hang her up. You I, had a pretty good perch season, though, didn't you? Yeah, and it would have been great if I had been able to, because I was for sure on the early end of it. Mm-hmm. My last day out was my best day, and it felt like it was picking up, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, then we did a river trip. Um, you know, I don't choose. I'm not going to go ice fishing in March with crummy weather. I'm going to choose nicer days to go. So just worked out that that was my last day out there. Mm-hmm. When I got to that access, I was looking out there, like I said, four or five feet maybe open water before the ice and i looked down at my toes and there was a snapping turtle in the in the water i'm sure it moved in there to warm up you know um it's pretty common like springtime thing if you're i remember early days when i would canoe like the edge of my parents lake when it was just going on you see a lot of life in that like they move in there they're just trying to warm up as fast as possible right um but yeah ice fishing's over you can be in a boat on any lake, I think. Uh, yep. I, I don't know if Leech is fully out now, um, but it was very, very close. I know the the guys from Sugar Point Resort couldn't see ice to the north or to the west, but I think there was some to the south. Well, I was I drove by the beach yesterday yep. couldn't see anything. Well, then that would tell me that the ice is out. Yeah. I guess, you know, was, there was some piled up stuff for 20 yards on that south shore because we had a north wind, but right. Leech is essentially ice-free, ice free. I'd say. So... You don't have to worry about that one. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, this is one of the earlier ice outs that we've had, but it really isn't that, you know, we had fears that it was going to be before April that it was going to come out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what was it, April 6th or 7th? It's about a week early. Right. Week which 10 is, days and, yeah. Is going to be no... Within the realm of normal, I'd say. Right. Yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to the what the early ice out will mean for the early part of our season. Yeah. If, if nothing else, it's different, and uh, I kind of think different will be good for me at least. So break you out of fingers. the norm. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't like dealing with the cold water problem in the around opener, like specifically opening weekend. That's like a factor that I don't care to deal with. Well, it really don't. We don't get a ton of experience with it. Right. It would be different if we were out in a boat as soon as the ice went off all very, the time. Very good point, yeah. About but, a week in, you're like, okay, the water's warm enough now, you right. know. But uh, when it's when it's cold, uh, it can give me some headaches in the spring, specifically on leech. And I do remember, I think it was Chuck Hasse a couple years ago, uh, he had just started running his trips later. You know, he wasn't fishing at 8 o'clock in the morning. He'd start at 9 or 9.30, specifically to deal with the cold water issues. And, mm-hmm. Not to say that wouldn't be a problem this year, but I, a betting man would say it won't be. Right. So, uh, we'll get into that after quick break. After quick break. So, Dan, what did you learn about your travels down in the river systems? Um, mostly like a recognition that I don't know a whole lot about them. And that uh, both of them, both Pool 4 for me and the Rainy River, feels like... In the past, I've really felt like a lot of it is like choosing the right day and just being there at the right time. And that's certainly a part of it. But 
that doesn't mean that you get to just like ghosty through the trip and expect to catch a bunch, right? Yeah. So like, but I have to remind myself like, all right, I still have to do a bunch of things right. Even if you are up there on the right day, you have to do a bunch of things right to make the most of it. Right. Pool four is a little different because I wasn't the captain, you know, I was just fishing. But it was a great opportunity for me to like ask as many, like, I, it was a great place to learn. And a guy who fishes, two guys who fish pool four a lot, I had them in a boat for 10 hours. Like, mm-hmm. let's see what I can find out from these guys. And then on the rainy, same thing. Like, you, ha- you have to try, you, especially with your electronics, like, you still have to. You can you can find fish out there instead of just pulling mindlessly for sure, and uh, that's a real important thing to do. Even if you are thinking it's a luck of the draw type of deal, um, those still... fish imaged incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the sturgeon thing was crazy up there. <laughs> the detail of the fins and the yeah uh, and the beak are, were unreal. Right. Yeah. So that would be like the main thing, and then. You know, plastics, we've talked about plastics a lot over the last two seasons now. Um, but just, you don't have to bring minnows up there. Great place to gain some confidence in plastics. Not to say that minnows don't outperform sometimes. I think they certainly do. But it's a great... Uh, You're going to get plenty of bites with plastics. Yeah. On, on most, right. most days, I would say. So, what I ended up learning was, you know... Not every, especially uh, especially when you pick your days like we kind of do, not every situation is going to be ideal. Not every plan is going to work out. Uh, and being able to adapt uh, and find a way to be successful was is one of my biggest takeaways. Like for us, we, we loaded up and moved. Yeah. And I think that was, that was incredibly important for us to have success. Um, you know, we could have maybe ground out out of frontier, and maybe we'd have caught six fish, and maybe we'd have got lucky with a big one. But we caught thirty with one pretty nice one. Yeah. Um. By by doing the move. Right. And it was very enjoyable, and uh, I think being able to adapt to your to your trip and do what it takes to be successful. We had kind of a hard time rationalizing that move out because it is a forty-five minute sacrifice. Mm-hmm. But you know we we rational we rationalized it. You know. It's the same thing as tying knots, right? You're gonna if a tying one knot is gonna keep you from from doing what you think is going to be the correct presentation, you gotta tie that knot. Yeah. And we had, we're in the similar seat. We drove all the way up there. We're not gonna just sit here and wait it out. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I I can relate to that a lot. In the uh, the whole point I made about you know the real experienced guys would probably just see what the river looked like at Frontier, and they wouldn't even put their boat in. Mm-hmm. And, like, we make decisions like that all the time around here, right? There are certain days where you don't fish the, fish the east side of Leech Lake because of the way the conditions are, mm-hmm. and you, you just know that. And, yeah, that was the plan. We were going to fish the east side of Leech. That's not the right plan today. Right. And the, a river can deliver the same sort of, um, you know, experiences to you. Luckily for us, we have like had that part of the river to fish. A lot of years, it's not open. No, we would have been stuck at Frontier. Right. And or we'd had to go upriver more to try and get away from the dirty water. Right. Right. Which is not very often the right call. Right. And we didn't bring any surging gear. Oh. Yeah, it was gonna be. It was a bust of a day. Like it had all the, all those feelings to it, and we did our best to, to make the most of it. 
And then, you know, you know, I think there's so many more elements to fish in a river as far as fish relating to holes. Like, that's just something we don't, we don't deal with a lot on our, right. on our lakes. And um, they, I feel like you can still in, intuitively, like, if you have your walleye hat on, you know, like, you're, I'm supposed to be good at this hat on. <laughs> Even if you're dealing with, like, an inverse of what you're used to, um, like, they do have some some reasons for being where they are. Like if you think about what we ended up fishing, it was, it was for sure. Like it was a brake line with a couple saddles on it and we were getting bit on the brake line. And then we like the saddles were, where the big fish came from. Mm -hmm. There was a couple little knobs we fished that, that were good. Little bit, little baby points. Yep. On the edges of the holes. Yep. Yep. Like that stuff all still matters. Everything in Canada. Everything in Canada was loaded. (laughs) (laughs) Those Mounties weren't impressed. I said, get off your horses and come get us. <laughs> you know, they don't even have coffee in those cups. It's just warm syrup. Unbelievable, isn't it? That's why they're so wiry. It's all sugar water. Man, we did have a... We burnt up a bunch of our comedy in the, the old ones. But For I, sure. I, I, can't, I can't redo it. We gotta just let it go. Those episodes are dead. <laughs> Shifting closer to home, though, um, yeah, I think if you're coming up, today is a Friday. I'm going to post the episode today. Um, you, you can, can get your docks in. Get your docks in. Get a lot of the, like, cabin work done if mm-hmm. you so choose. Um, I would be making sure if you're doing that stuff that you're bringing up to your significant other how you're getting all the work done. Right? <laughs> so you can go play. Right. Right. So this means that your Memorial Day weekend... You're not getting all the work done, and the reason you're doing all the work now is so you can go fishing Memorial Day, <laughs> right? Because whoever your significant other is, they'll just fill that list up if you don't like make it real clear. I'm working my ass off right now, so I can be in a boat. <laughs> when it really counts. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Lots of fishing opportunities. You know, uh, the crappie thing will get going. I think as soon as we get an uptick in temps, I imagine. It would be pretty tough going right now. Right. I don't know if you have you heard of anybody crappie fishing. Uh, yet? just Seth up in Bemidji. I saw he was catching a few out in forty feet of water. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> but that's probably not what everyone wants to do. Yeah. That's something you do when they're before they move shallow. Right. Um, but there's still, you know, if it's if it's not crappies, it's perch. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of opportunities around here. Yeah. To to catch something. Right. So I'm more excited about the perch for a lot of reasons, but I do think that that's one that you can, you can leave them on the ice and then go right to them on the open water mm-hmm. and, and get pretty close to where, where they're hanging out. It seems like warm days matter a lot less with yeah, those. I would like agree. today they would pound. I think they would bite real good right now. Yeah. And part of it's the, you know, a little bit of the depth. A lot of people like to target those crappies as shallow as you can find them. Mm-hmm. And once you get some warmth, you can find them in three feet of water. Right. Um, but no, I think you'd be out a little deeper have to rely a little bit more on your electronics, which can be challenging in, like, the situations that you find crappies on, in in the spring. For Even for me, I don't always right. have a lot of confidence in what I'm looking at. Um, when you got, like, dead well, vegetation. And you're dealing with mud, mm-hmm. like real mud. Right. Like, if you fall out of the boat, you ain't touching bottom kind of mud. <laughs> right. But the perch, uh, you know, I'd say 8, eight to 15 feet of water um, and stuff. On woman, yeah. If you're on leech, it'll be like three to six. I think so. Yeah. Right away, for sure. They'll Aren't they? Right don't you think they're done spawning though? 
Oh, uh, they're probably well out on leech. They're probably are pretty close, but they stick around that area. Oh, okay. I look for like the my best area is a mud to sand transition, and they sit right on that right on that edge, and it's you know three to three to seven feet. Sure. And then they'll stick real close to the pencil weeds, um, for like a month. Gotcha. Until until there's too much traffic going through there a lot of times. Sure. So. I kind of like catching them because they're spawned out and it's a lot easier cleaning them. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot less mess. Right. But they look sad. They do. Like, they're real long and skinny. I used to be something. <laughs> I used to be somebody. <laughs> used to be able to throw my weight around here. But they're they're real fun to catch and they're real aggressive a lot of times. And it seems like you find one. You know what we used to do, uh, which is actually the last time I went, I had enough time to do it. I ended up throwing like... Uh, um, what the hell are they called? The Strike King, like Mini King. Mm-hmm. And you catch one and all the rest of them follow. Oh. And then you just Pitch pound them. Yeah, and you just pound them with a jig in the middle. But you use that as a search bait. Sure. Which is fun. Because you can probably see, like on meet you, sometimes you'll be moving 50 fish when you when you catch one. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. <laughs> it's pretty wild. It's real wild. But it's, uh, it's just unique to see because you don't get to see that kind of stuff very often. Right. And in that shallow of water and clean water generally... You just don't get to see the life come at you like yeah, that. Right. So I think that's the neat thing about spring fishing in general is how visual it can be, you know, like actually looking at fish, mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily only on your graph, but... With your eyeballs. Yeah, which is a lot of fun. The graph thing, I think, you know, what we're, one of our items is what to do with the long preseason. Um, I would say if you if you upgraded your electronics, if you have any electronics issues, any plans for the boat related to those tools now would be a great time to have like a pro look at them um, i just had well both of our boats have been in the musky house um, and it's been electronics related stuff i had a new graph put on had a new transducer put on um, you've got quite a few things going for you yeah right? i ended up putting track system like how you have your graphs mounted i'm gonna have last year i had my milks my graphs stacked and I did enjoy that just for the way I view my graphs. Right. But for fishability, it got in the way a ton. It was tall. Right? It was very tall. Yeah. And uh, I ended up having to remove my graphs every day. And it, was, it wasn't that big of a chore, but it was not ideal. So I ended up uh, doing a track system like you have. Um, and then I've got 360 coming, which is also going to go on a track system on the, what is that side? Starboard. Starboard side. I knew that. No, I didn't know that. It's on the starboard side. And uh, it's going to be pretty sweet. I think it'll be very uh, very beneficial to be able to move that stuff the way uh, very easily and efficiently. Yeah. And I'm hoping I'll be able to mount my transducer because it is 60 inches. Uh, I got a 54-inch track. And I'm hoping to be able to mount a ram mount towards the back of it. And I'll be able to just, you know, when I'm using it, be able to fold it up, move it all the way to the end of my track system, and then fold it onto that. So it'll be running, like, parallel with your gunnel. Hopefully. Yeah. It is, that's, it's a pretty interesting project for me to, because I still don't feel like I completely comprehend your plan, so I'm pretty interested to to see what it's going to look like. Newsflash, Dan. Neither do I. (laughs) Luckily, Nick Parent. Bingo. Knows what he's doing. You gotta hire somebody out to engineer this thing. Right. And that is what it is. I mean, he's engineering a new portion of your boat. Yeah. And uh, it could, I'm excited to see what, how it turns out. Yeah, it should be fun. 
Uh, I hope I get to. I hope the graph comes in time, so I can use it before you know the season. I really want to use it where sure. to be user friendly uh, is over. Right. But we'll see. Yeah. Um, I I'm, I still have a Helix Twelve Mega Side Image. I'll be fine. Right. It's just gonna be fun to play with it. Right. And the spring is the time to. Right. You think it's gonna be the most useful. Right. Yeah, I think that's the other portion of this, right? Like, get that work done either you, if you want to do it yourself. That It's one thing we've talked about in the past. That's part of my my profession that I have now outsourced, I think, and I'll continue to do that. I think that having a guy like Nick or any, you know, any tech, but Nick is very talented and he's, like, pretty geeky about it. Oh, yeah. It's like he doesn't even really like to fish, but he loves the electronics portion of his of his work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Getting them dialed in and mounted correctly is invaluable. It's like, think about how much money you're spending on this stuff these days. If, and if you're not getting the most out of it, there are a lot of guys, I've heard some horror stories about, I mean, they can put a lot of money on a boat, and if it's not mounted correctly, it's not going to do its job. Right. And that would be so frustrating. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what I would do if I was out there looking at a graph that wasn't telling me what it was supposed to be. Probably has a lot bigger disposable income than you have. Very true. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. My stuff's got to work. In... Contrary to popular belief, fishing guides aren't super loaded. <laughs> right? That's, well, my wife married me for that reason. Yeah, for the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for all that $11. <laughs> oh, boy. So, uh, another thing that, you know, is kind of a, is a usual suspect for the spring is, uh, is going to Woman Lake and looking, watching the stripping operation. Yeah. And I know you, you've got some information, um, last week or something about, about it. Yeah, I wanted to, it's a cool thing to witness. That's, that's where a lot of the, that's like where the stocking program starts in, in, our region is from Woman Lake, and they've got a trap that they set every spring, and that's what they use for the brood stock for stocking all our area lakes. Um, and it's a really cool thing to see. There's, I mean, there's a bunch of monster walleyes there. Bunches of them. The the process itself is pretty interesting. The DNR guys are very welcoming. They like want to show you and. You know, it, it's like an educational thing, and it's kind of proof of health of the fishery. You know, right? And they, uh, they, in in normal years, they have lots of school groups there. Anyway, it's it's good outreach, I think, for the DNR. Uh, last year, they didn't even do the trap because of COVID, and you know, we just didn't know what the mm-hmm. world was going to look like, so they stopped it. This year, they're tra- they are setting the trap, but the public isn't welcome, and that's. You know, obviously probably not the way the DNR would prefer it. They like having the public there, but that's not a decision that our DNR guys get to make. Right. And Comes I saw, from above. What's that? Comes from above. Yeah. Yep. But it's going to happen, which I think is good news for our for our region, that the stocking program is is continuing, and uh, but not open to the public this year. So. But at least it's happening. Right. So our lakes will see, our little lakes will see fish this, this summer, this fall. Yep. So, yeah. And, you know, last year when a lot of people were kind of concerned about, like, what that meant and from reaching out to the DNR guys, uh, they said, you know, there are commonly years where the, the stocking programs don't work at all. You know, mm-hmm. like, they dump them and based on the conditions, like, that year class just doesn't take for one reason or another. Right. So this one, that one was guaranteed, but maybe natural reproduction is going to be 
is going to be better from that 2020 year class. And oh, what a banner year to do it. Yeah. Conditions were perfect for right. natural reproduction. Right. Which isn't always the case. For sure. Yeah. That's why this exists. Right. Yeah. A lot of our lakes, as much as we wish it were different, uh, a lot of the lakes we fish frequently rely pretty pretty heavily on a, on that stocking right. program. So I'm appreciative of it. And, yeah. And I think Woman Lake is in fine shape uh, with that trap set there. Right. And it's only, I think the number is like 20% of the fish that spawn in that lake use, the use that river. Yeah. So it's, you know, a fifth of the fish. Right. It's not that, really isn't that many. And they put fish back in there from the trap. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's a normal springtime tradition for me. The reason I asked, I want to take my kid there, man. Um, and they said, yeah, sorry, got to wait till 2021, which is fine because he he'll be swimming by then. <laughs> he'll be right, right, in, right in there. In there <laughs> well, it's not the biggest one we have ever seen, but it's the most colorful. <laughs> uh, not every day you see a redheaded walleye. <laughs> yeah, that's it for the, the springtime stuff, I guess. And um, maybe we'll take a little break and then do a little bit on what we think opener is going to look like. Super. Well... It's a month and a week away from right now. Yeah. And then it's and then it's game on. Game on. But until then, it's speculation. <laughs> and in the past, we have been absolutely horrible at speculation. I'd say we're more often horrible at speculation. <laughs> this year, the pressure's on even more because I feel like we got more information. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll... We're going to do it anyway. Yeah. You can't stop us. We're like weathermen. <laughs> right? We can be wrong two-thirds of the time and still have a job. Right? The good thing about a boat is it moves. Like, you yeah, don't right? have to land on them right away. <laughs> um, I, I think uh, my, my Cast Lake opening weekend is going to be great. Banger. Yeah. yeah. I think it'll be the best one in five What years. happens if you don't only land on walleyes, but you land on those giant Cast Lake perch? That's I'm, that's a, almost a guarantee. I don't think you get one without the other really opening weekend. I mean, that's been the experience the last couple of years. <laughs> so I do think the old haunts could very well be great, maybe mm-hmm. just even a little bit better. You know, for me and the whole crew is up there. We just fish it Saturday and Sunday, and then they all go home mm-hmm. for some stupid reason. They live not up here. And then I start guiding the Longville area lake. So, But I bet that in the years past, like our opening spots are just – they they just get better and better uh, as time goes on. Mm-hmm. So I think that'll be a good way to start. That would be my guess is we're landing in some of the same same waters. Um, fresh growth weeds. Yeah, pitching a jig and a minnow, a jig and a plastic um, on that fresh stuff. And some, you know, the good thing about that fresh stuff that time of year is there's bald spots mixed in too, mm-hmm. you know, so you're dealing with like sand and Is that mostly Kara you're pitching or is it cabbage? Oh, I think it turns into cabbage, um, but it... There must be, you know, I wonder if there's Kara in there, mm-hmm. and then it, like, you just don't really get to you experience it. it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I think that'll be the plan, pitch and break lines in the those mid-depth flats in the 8 to 10 feet of water. Um, you can just, on Cast Lake, you can just scan them up real easy, you know. If you're, you just should know if they're there before you're fishing them. Right. Don't have to fish a hunch. There is a chance I think there'll be some deeper fish too, though. And thinking last year, uh, some of our local lakes had deeper fish that were, that 
I stumbled on really, and I doubted the whole time that they were walleyes. So were I those, them. did those tend to be bigger fish too? No, they were schools of keepers. Really? Yep. Um, that's the lake that prim- you know you don't catch a lot of big fish out of though. Um, but I bet that that's something which is great because it just adds to your midday. Like ideally, you we will do something similar to what we've done in the past um, on an opener, and then from eleven to three, you know we can fish. We can pick on those deeper fish. Right. Maybe it slowed down a little bit, but it may it's not dead. They're not right. gonna not bite, you know. Yeah, if you catch four or five fish an hour, you're still doing fine. Right. Not every hour has to be a fifteen fish hour. Yeah, and the good thing is they usually do still pick a jig and a minnow, so you can fish pretty aggressively with a jig and a minnow over those vertical fish. You know, mm-hmm. just hovering them, and um, usually you get a, a fish or two. If you got any wind, you can plop right down on top of them in 17 to 20 feet of water get a couple to bite and if there's wind they probably aren't going to push off and um, sometimes you can if you get the right school at the right time you're just going to catch a bunch of them so i do hope that we get out of the the same region and maybe explore a little bit (laughs) but i don't know we'll see what are you going to do on opener what's Uh, your prediction i'm hoping that uh 360 comes um, but I, I'm going to focus, again, on shallow sand. But I, I, I didn't get an opportunity to, to do what I wanted to do last spring. And it's been killing me because I know, I, I don't know, but I'm fairly certain I'm going to be successful scanning up fish in five, six feet of water and pitching on them. Because there's a lot of area that people don't fish that I, you know, I fish mm-hmm. that I, don't, I know very little about. Sure. I've got an idea of what is going on, but I don't know for certain. And I know there's more areas like it. I don't know about. Right. And I need to go find them. And side image is my key to finding it. Um, and uh, I would like to be able to do that on opener if the weather is good enough. But who knows if it will be. Um, and if that is a bust, I'll go to the little lake I always go to and catch 20 and have 10 of them be little and catch six nice ones um but i'm going to do it all with plastics all with artificial baits um that's that is my plan for this season is i'm going to run as much artificial as possible because i think that is the future and i think there's more potential there than there is downside Hmm. i think the upswing is much greater than the than the down so i'm going to continue to work on that and then uh i think the little lakes around here, being an earlier spring, a, more of a warmer warmer start to things, is going to be very productive as well. Not necessarily just by the rivers and stuff. It's going to be, you know, main points, um, good shoreline structure, shallow flats, um, things of those natures. Where, where, the, where the minnows, where the baitfish are going to push up shallow um, is going to be key. And the key to the spring for me is just finding life. Uh, you find the pike and the perch, you're going to find walleyes eventually. Yeah. Um, because they're all eating this same thing. There's less food on opening weekend than any other time throughout our, throughout season. our season. Yeah. That's just uh, the nature of the beast. Right. So, um, they, they really like to focus on those smaller bait pods. And generally, for, like for me, where I find them is in the, the itty-bitty perch is what they're eating most of the time, and that's in the caragrass. Sure. And you can see them most of the time. It's pretty pretty self-explanatory yeah but that doesn't necessarily necessarily mean wherever there's little itty bitty perch there's going to be walleyes 
because there's still a pile of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness too, because yeah. they, they feed the they feed the whole lake. Right. So I think that's gonna be my plan is focusing focusing very shallow like shallower than I usually focus and trying to seal. So it may it may not be very productive for me whatsoever if the weather's not right. Uh, I don't know I don't think I want to do it. But uh, What do you mean? I can't have it be pounding. I, I have to have less I have to have more of an ideal day, a real fishy day. So for for the three sixty No, just for me to side image up in that shallow water. Mm-hmm. I can't have three foot rollers coming in from the from the northwest. I've gotta have, you know, foot and a half rollers and And you're saying that because you wanna drive for like miles possibly. Correct. Yes. Right. Sorry I wasn't clear about that. I'm gonna drive a whole bunch. Right. I'm gonna drive very, very, very long stretches. And and see if there's any 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 secrets. <laughs> um, any secrets. Yeah, that's the idea. Anyway. You want you want new. I want new. Mm-hmm. I can f- catch fish in the old stuff. I want to find new stuff. That's because if I in my head it's greener pastures. It's going to be extremely productive, and it's going to be all to myself. Um, and that's becoming more and more important to me. I mean, it's always been rather important to find fish on my own. But it's becoming increasingly important um, with technology becoming better and better. Right. And, you know, we've taken a lot of people fishing, and they now know our spots. And um, it'd be nice to start from scratch. Right. I think that's a good goal. Yeah. I think that's a good goal for anybody. It's hard, though, especially opening weekend for folks to get out Break of Break the mold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did we talk about it last episode, how Lundgren and I fished, like, frozen water because we were trying to break the mold? Uh, no, that would have been uh, one, one of the episodes one of we the deleted. episodes? Yeah. 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 We had a great plan, man. It was a terrible plan. We had an ambitious plan to not do the same thing. Didn't work. Turned out, you ended up having to go do the same thing to catch fish. And we did great. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I think you're, uh... You know, this is the time of year to, like, to think outside the box and try to be as creative as you can. Um, but there's, you know, you, there's also a time to not mess with perfection or not mess with good enough, you know. So. Right. I'm just, you're always going to, you should clarify for the people who are, you talk about plastics a lot, but you're, you're guiding, you're going to have minnows in the boat. They're, yeah, I just won't be using them. Right. Right. I'm going to... I'm going to get good with them, and I'm going to get just as good with minnows as I am with pla- I mean, I'm going to get just as good with plastics as I am with minnows. So you don't see a day where they just want meat? For sure. And I'll have minnows in the boat for that day. And then, uh, but, uh, you know, in the, uh, hopefully when I get to that point, I'll have enough variety and knowledge about it where I'm going to catch them just as well with whatever I'm going to be using, whether it be a hard bait, a soft bait, um, or whatever it may be. Interesting. You don't see that? There's, I mean, something about meat, man. It's hard to be the rig shiner on a end of May sunny day. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But there has to be a substitute. Why? Because, otherwise my theory is debunked. <laughs> well, yeah, that would be true. Mm-hmm. I think, like, the one thing you're maybe missing is, like, there are some characteristics about meat that you can't replicate with a plastic. For sure. S- slowing down is a big one. I, you can't go extremely slow with them. 
um, where you can you can drag live bait at point three, and it just crushes. And you can't drag a plastic at point three. I was actually thinking like scent. Oh, I don't. I I don't know. I've never thought of that. Not a believer. <laughs> well, yeah, I do. I mean, they use all their senses. Otherwise, they wouldn't be around still. I don't think they have to use all their senses. But I, I just. It's funny that like so like the the bass guys do bass guys still matter do they still care about scent? Yeah. So on April Fool's Day, the there was a post on social media about Max scent Berkeley Max scent being taken off of the professional bass circuit and there was extreme outrage <laughs> like i don't know why they're taking this up everyone's got the everyone's got the or choice to use it or not and that stuff is like the stinkiest stuff on earth for sure hmm. but it's got a especially if you get down south it's got like a cultish following so those guys are like they just lost it they lost it for a day and they're like uh we're just joking we're just joking that's real funny yeah i thought so but I know there's like some walleye scents on the on the market, and I think it's also proven that uh, walleyes don't use their sense of smell as much as bass do. But um, I wonder if like so like the walleye world is pretty diehard into the artificials now. Like you would be the prime example. Like there are a lot of companies that are super pumped that there are dudes like you showing up all over the walleye world, right? Mm-hmm. Going to sell a lot of plastics. But like the bass guys. Right along with their plastics are their, like, is the scent application, right? Like, they, a right lot now. of them use it religiously. I wonder if that's a couple of years away. Could be. And it, even if it doesn't work, I'm almost certain that they'll, like, re... Because there's walleye scents out there, but I bet they'll make a push for, like, all these walleye dudes are using plastics now. Let's mm-hmm. get them hooked on this on this juice. Almost certainly. <laughs> Maybe we should be the ones. While I talk juice. While I talk juice. <laughs> Homemade. Mm. <laughs> we'll have to call George. George, you'll have to create a concoction for us. <laughs> He's just going to boil crayfish and use the water. <laughs> Completely unrelated, but my wife is, uh, she, she's an essential oils person. Mm-hmm. She'll, she'll use those occasionally. And my kid loves the little bottles. He likes, he really likes them. And like as a, you know. They're a, his size. Yeah, right, yeah, he thinks they're great. But he walked out this morning, I grabbed him, and I was like, oh my good, what is this? And he got a hold of the, I didn't even know they had this, they have a basil oil. So the kid sp- smells like a bowl of spaghetti, and like, I can't get it off of him. And I, don't, I tried tomato juice. <laughs> Just go fully for the, for the spaghetti smell not not digging the basil smell <laughs> your child should not smell like basil <laughs> yeah but maybe my, that's it my daughter just started forward motion and uh she's she discovered the dog food dish mm-hmm. i wasn't home but she discovered the dog food dish and she also discovered that it doesn't taste as good as her little crackers <laughs> that she's been eating so <laughs> So that, like, maybe she learned her lesson, but probably, probably not. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Takes him a couple times. Oh, my kid. Well, I'll stop after this. But he got his head stuck between the fence posts the other day. What? On the porch. <laughs> stuck his head through. His head's the perfect size to go through. <laughs> and then he couldn't get it back out. And I was not 
a sympathetic dad. I just pulled his head back out. He's young. It's malleable. <laughs> but I was thinking, like, that every kid should do that. Like, the real judgment will be whether or not he does that again. Twice. Right? Yeah. <laughs> be a lot less sympathy, a lot more concern if he sticks his head through those fence posts. That's pretty funny. All right, I think that's that's about it. Anything else you want to cover? Ending notes. Very excited uh, for very excited for opener. Very excited to get out ban- hammer on some. Bonanza. Oh, Bonanza. May 23rd. The Walleye Bonanza. Uh, it's like w- there's going to be two good Leech Lake tournaments this spring and fall, and both of them are Walleye Bonanzas. So That's very true. Make sure you sign up. Good as in, like, we're all going to catch a pile of fish. Right. Last year, we had, like, 14 boats over 30 pounds. Yeah. And what was, and there was 25 boats. And it was, that was the fall tournament. Yeah. hmm And then what was there, like, 20 boats over 20 pounds? Yeah. Silly. Smashed them. Silly. Everybody did. And one over 40. It's a great day. Uh, so if you want to be a part of that, somebody always hooks up on a muskie. Uh, that's the spring one where we do it, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no, the two falls ago we smashed on muskies too. But, uh, yeah, for sure get in on you it. You can pick some fishy days, dude. Like, every memory except for one I have of Bonanzas is, like, pretty dreary, like, 10 to 15 mile an hour wind. Everybody's catching bunches. Yeah. So, that's a Sunday, right? Yep. Uh, so it's it's going like to be, like, 9 opener. 3. Yeah, and we're going to be out of Pikedale Resort. Nice. Um, so be sure to sign, come and talk to me. I don't have the sign-up chart up yet, but I will be sure to let everyone know on here. Dibs. What? Okay. okay. If you sign up for the one spot, you win it. <laughs> Is Carl, that true? Carl and Phil signed up for the one spot. That's the only, that's the only way they could have won that tournament. <laughs> they just signed up first. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty excited. They're, you know, Carl's, every time I see him, that's all he talks about. Oh, hey, number eight. Have you seen number seven around? I'm like, dude, I broke my boat. I would have... I really believe. Dude, I'm over it. I really believe. I'm it. over it. Yeah, you're just. If I'm not over it now, <coughs> I'm letting Carl beat me again. No, I'm over you saying you could have. I was going to. So you did that with the. You did that with the, the MWC too. No, not the MWC. The Leech Lake Classic. Yep. You said had you had a, a program of this, you would have won it. I, I would have. That's the same as us saying had we had a program. Of trolling lead core over 65 feet of water. Doesn't that drive you to get better, though? I don't think it's fair to say that a, a program that's completely missing from your arsenal could have helped you win a tournament. It certainly would have. It's not in your arsenal. But it will be next time, and I'll be more prepared. And I will win if I'm ever in a situation like that again. Okay. Preparedness. I, I see the inspiration. Preparedness. I, I see the motivation. I just hate losing. You, have you ever been super competitive and terrible at everything? <laughs> That's the world I live in. <laughs> I'm just bad at everything, but I want to win. Gotta try and get better. Sure. Some way, somehow. I get it. I just don't think it's completely fair to say... We don't, who says it's fair? I'm saying it's not. I don't disagree with you, but it doesn't hurt to, to try and make another game plan to... Prepare yourself sure. so you don't lose in that situation again. Sure. I'm just trying to come up with a winning strategy. I gotcha. <laughs> so like Carl, he, he's going to win all of them. His winning strategy is to make sure he's with Phil. 
<laughs> Phil, his, drive the boat. His strategy, he was like, I, we had a plan, man. The plan was catch catch a bunch of them over 26 inches. Like, yeah, that is, that's a pretty good plan, dude. <laughs> <laughs> are we gonna do one next week i'd like to all right let's do the weekly thing from here on out. no it's turkey season you're gonna be down south no i'm going down uh the 24th of april you're on a bee season yeah oh but then yes we'll be able to do one next week sounds good you right. think we're going to have to miss one because of turkey season? Might. If you're going to be gone. I'm only gone for a weekend. Oh. Okay. You can't take a week to turkey hunt. Well, you could. God, I'd like to. Your liver would hurt. <laughs> Used to be my dad would go down turkey hunt and I'd use all the turkey gizzards to catch catfish. Or turkey livers. It's great. Where'd you catch catfish? In Missouri. Oh, I gotcha. It was a good time. One time I caught a snap turtle, broke the screen door. It was a crazy day. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> All right, uh, this is Walleye Talk. I'm Dan. I'm Will. We'll see you next week. Bye.